Welcome to Kaiseki Anime, where we air new episodes every other week. Kaiseki covers currently airing anime, older series seen recently, and other relevant topics for the season. I'm your host, Marina, of the blog Anime BNB, and with me is my co-host, Draggle, of the cleverly titled Draggle's Anime Blog. This week, we discuss the Apothecary Diaries and Free Run, Beyond Journey's End. So both of these are continuing from last season, and at least for me, they're still one of the top shows airing. Yeah, it's actually odd uh, how into these shows I've been from start to where we currently are, which is like you said, we're already into our second core, and almost halfway through this season. Yeah, so good. And uh, I'd been reading them, both of them as manga for years. And I think you were also reading Apothecary Diaries. Is that right? Yes, just the Apothecary Diaries. So even having read it before, it's still a great adaptation. I think so. Um, I actually don't really recall because it's been a bit. I just have been reading the manga as they've been coming out here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. But it seems like the adaptation is pretty faithful. And watching it after having read it, it's it's still just as great. I'm still enjoying it. I haven't had like that disappointment that you sometimes get with the adaptation, right? Especially with you, it seems like you've had some disappointments. Exactly. No, this one's just as good, if not better, than the original. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of the dream, right? Because the voice acting, the characterization is just spot on, and it looks gorgeous. Exactly. So should we go into details first on Apothecary Diaries? Yeah, sure. Let's go. So I guess we should summarize. This one's about Mao Mao, a girl who is kidnapped and forced to work in the imperial palace with all the concubines. But she's like a servant there. Uh, But then they realize that she can read, and she gets promoted uh, to help. What is her title? She's a caretaker of uh, one of the head concubines. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what to call it, if if she's an attendant. Attendant, uh, Or if she'd be like a lady-in-waiting kind of thing, you know? Because even though these consorts aren't actually like, you know, the empress, Hmm. they are like, a tier above other consorts, right? These named ones that have titles. Um, specifically, uh, Gyokyo, which is the first one that she ends up working for, is the noble consort, and is also the emperor's favorite consort. Right. And is there an empress? I don't recall ever reading or hearing in the anime about any, like, formal empress. I'm assuming that that is something that could happen if the emperor wanted, but I, I don't know in this world if that's a thing. Yeah, and he might, like, take one of his concubines to get promoted. Right. right? Especially if they give him an heir, right? A yeah, male heir. Exactly. But anyways, then uh, our Mau Mau uh, solves a bunch of mysteries and becomes a poison tester, which she really enjoys. And yeah. uh, has a very, how do I say, uh, interesting relationship uh, with Jinshi, who she thinks is a eunuch, but isn't. And who, yeah. who gets a, a bit uh, into her? A bit. Maybe. <laughs> a lot, you mean. <laughs> yes. It's funny that she's so into her role as a poison tester, which she's far more effective at the role than past because of her knowledge, right, as an apothecary. Right. Um, from her adoptive father and then also her own passion, she's obsessed with it, which is why she, her arm is always wrapped up in bandages because she likes to test poisons on herself and see what the effects are. <laughs> And she has pretty bad scarring from it. And she just like takes to her job with such 
joy and it just baffles everyone around her because you know they actually originally felt sorry for her right because that's like a role that you're usually you're scared of it means you're disposable right Right. (laughs) and she's all like hell yes this gives me a chance to eat the same like high level of food that these consorts are eating but she she's more excited to eat the poison than the food. <laughs> well, of course, because it's also education, right? Like there, there's a side that she's a foodie. She seems to really enjoy food as as well as alcohol, right? She gets yeah. a lot of enjoyment out of that. <laughs> but then also she loves trying out, testing different poisons. Yeah. And I, I think what really makes this show work is her character. Yes. She has such a strong personality. She knows what she likes. She's full of the joy of life. Yeah. You're making her sound quite cheery, which I don't think she is. Like, she is. Like, she she takes great joy in life, she, in, like, she's, life's pleasures. She's very cheerful only when it comes to things she's interested in, right? Right. So, like, the guy, Jinshi, she's not too interested in him, uh, <laughs> for him. But Poison, she's all over that. Right. To everyone else... Like, say, how would you describe the way she acts towards Gyokyo and her fellow attendants? I would say, like, she she doesn't overshare, for sure. She's yeah. pretty much keeps to herself. She'll uh, chat with her one friend, but mostly try to stay quiet and keep the attention yeah. away from herself. Like, she knows how to act in various roles, right? Yeah. She sort of has, I think this is pretty natural for anyone, but she displays it pretty well in the anime. But everyone has like their different personas they put forth depending on who they're around, right? And she's very good at deferring to others, right? And to also uh, reading the room. (laughs) So if there's tension, she'll be quiet, she'll observe. She's very observant, which is very useful given her uh, role as sort of the mystery solver of the inner palace. Yeah. And I think you guys make a good point about her different personas. Like, uh, yeah. I think a lot of anime struggle with that. Like, they act the yes. same for their mom and their girlfriend and their friends, and it's it doesn't make them not seem like real people. And Mao Mao, she feels really real, right? She does, yeah. Because like we described how she is, like how she acts in the courts. Um, which, you know, this is her first time in the course. She's already, I'm, I'm assuming she's already a young woman at this point. And so you would think that maybe she wouldn't be as good, I guess, at being like that servant kind of role. But I don't know if it's just her personality or she, because she's learned by watching others that she knows how to act. She knows. Oh, I think she also grew up in that rich brothel, right? That's right. So, but that she has a different personality there as well, though. Right, but it it seems like she's been assisting the concubines kind of as a servant type person there as well a little bit. Right, as also I think assistant to her father who yep. takes care of them, right, and their ailments. Exactly. And it seems like the Obaba <laughs> of that uh, high establishment brothel actually really wants her as one of her. Um, what do you call them? As one of her the prostitutes. Prostitute isn't the word that they use. Courtesan, I think. Yeah, courtesan. Is what they use. Yeah. yeah, but effectively the same thing. But, you know, only the very rich can afford these these uh, yeah. courtesans, right? Yeah. And I think it's interesting and says something about Mao Mao's personality and her looks. This is important to talk about, her looks. That if this old woman wants her in her brothel, like she's obviously a lot prettier than she gives herself credit for that she uh, she shows to other people, right? 
right? She has her whole uh, freckle things where she puts on freckles uh, right. to make herself look ugly. Although I think she looks cuter with freckles. I think she looks cute either way. It's actually kind of funny to me that that's her way to try to deter, you know, originally it was deter men from attacking her, raping her, whatever. And then she forgot to put them on the day that she was kidnapped, right? Like as if the freckles are her armor or something. (laughs) So it's like really interesting to me that she like purposefully puts them on. She very self-consciously uses them as, uh, I guess, as a shield or a weapon, depending on how you want to use it. It's something that she continually does, right? Yeah. And despite that, like, the old woman, who knows that she doesn't actually have freckles, wants her. I prefer the freckles, though. Whenever I see the fan art with no freckles, I'm always disappointed. But that's her real face, Draggle. So what are you trying to say? That you don't like her real face? You want her to paint on the freckles because you prefer it? Yeah, I prefer her. Wow. I prefer her makeup. I prefer her either way. Okay. With and without, because her personality is that good. Her personality is very good, yes. So I I like her in both situations. It actually cracks me up seeing how others react to her when she doesn't have the freckles. Yeah, very unrealistic. Well, it's odd to me because it's not like it's not her face. Right. When she has that, um, I think the first time that you realize that she puts those freckles on as a you know, shield that that they're fake is when they have that formal dinner, right? Or it, formal meal. I don't know what time of day it is. It's like daytime when they have to eat in front of everyone and like all of the courtesans or all of the, um con- uh, what are they called? All the consorts come out with their women mm-hmm. and sort of have like this rivalry with the other consorts, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's when she like dresses up and you, you first see her without her freckles on and that they don't even recognize her. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of odd come on guys <laughs> yeah i like had a hard time believing that that they like absolutely did not recognize her and they're like oh did you get a new girl <laughs> like no uh it's more believable than the anime where they uh they would probably in some other anime have her remove the freckles and they would have thought she was a boy before so i guess that's true <laughs> Hasn't she done that? I feel like that's something that she's done where she's disguised herself as a boy, but I don't remember it the might details. Have been. Yeah, it's definitely the anime trope of uh, putting on some flimsy disguise and fooling everyone. Yeah, exactly. So one of, one of the most uh, contentious parts of this anime has been uh, a lot of people seem to not like uh, the relationship with Mao Mao and Jinchi. Wait, really? Yeah. I always see everyone, com- people complaining on Twitter. They're, they're like, oh, this is a terrible relationship because uh, it's so one-sided and they'll never get together and blah, blah, blah. Have they never, ever seen like a slow burn? Okay, so I have, a, I have different opinions on this. Like one, I think I'd be fine if it always stayed as it is because it's hilarious. Exactly. Right? Like, you don't have to get together. I no. mean, obviously, there are going to be crushes that are not fulfilled, right? Yeah. And it's still very entertaining to watch. It is still entertaining. And also, you have to consider, we're going to talk about Jinshi in a bit, about his identity. But, like, it would make sense that he doesn't end up with her. Yeah. Totally. But then also, I have another side of me that thinks it's not entirely inconceivable that she will eventually like him. Yeah. I could totally see that happening as well. Right? But, like, I couldn't see that happening immediately, right? Like, that's not true to her character for her to, like, 
oh, let me just instantly fall for this beautiful man. No. <laughs> like, that doesn't make sense. We would lose all respect for her, yeah. Right? Like, that's, that's just not who she is. Yeah. And so, yeah, make whatever happens, if they get together, if they don't get together, but if they get together, like, make it as slow as realistically as possible. Like, I like slow burns, too. I like that buildup of, like, her, maybe she'll be like, wait a minute, why do I care, right? Or why does his opinion matter to me? And like having that increase more and more over time. And then she realizes that maybe she is into him. That would be fun. Or my my personal preference is she's like, oh, he's not a eunuch. He's loaded. I can leech off (laughs) him for the rest of my life and get him to buy me all the poison he wants. Who needs love when you have money? You know that look that she gets when she's excited about yeah. like a, a poison when she gets like the fox yes. ears kind of and her eyes get all yes. comical. Like imagine her thinking about him like that. Exactly. She's like, let me pounce on this crown prince. Yes. That that's what I think would be the ideal romance ending. I think people who are hating on their relationship, they're just boring and short sighted. Sorry, I'm just gonna say that. You're boring and you're short sighted. I agree. So going back to Jinchi though. Yeah. You haven't really said what you think about him. Jinshi? Everyone thinks he's a eunuch. She Wait, thinks he is. I thought it was only her that's confused. I think that that is something because early on in the show, it shows him taking a supplement. And it's a sip- similar supplement. Um, it's part of one of her mysteries that she has that someone else is also taking that I think is sort of like... They describe it, at least maybe I'm mixing up the manga and the anime, but they describe it as a supplement that like makes you more feminine, like your skin is smoother, your um, like your hair is softer and maybe easier for you to like remove. Right. As if he had been castrated. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure because they are hiding his identity from a large part of the palace. That's why he's stationed specifically where he is. Really? Okay. Yeah. I thought she was just oblivious because she didn't care about him. No, she's she is oblivious. <laughs> and I mean, she has to be because of who he is and how observant she normally is to everybody else. Right. Like for her to be oblivious towards him is kind of funny and kind of shows that he's her blind spot. Yeah. Which, you know, is also promising for future romance. But exactly. let's forget that right now. <laughs> like <laughs> he is he's actively hiding it from most of the people around him. I'm pretty sure Gaoshin knows mm-hmm. his attendant, you know, the right. dude that's always with him. Yep. Perhaps some of the consorts knows. I'm assuming that Gyokyo, um, like the higher consorts, know who he is. Right. Um, just like based on the way that they talk to him mm. um, kind of secretly now and then. Okay. And also they like reference it a little bit with, do you remember uh, the pure, I think she's the pure one, pure consort Aduo, the one who he looks a lot like and then ends up eventually leaving the palace? Is this like the the purple hair one? Yes. Yeah. So there's that whole theory, which I think bears weight. The one that Free Run like kind of comes up with and then shrugs off. Like perhaps because she supposedly lost a child from the previous emperor, right? Um, but then the Free Run oh, has this like wild child. theory that he was traded with the other baby and that oh. that um, Aduo's child actually is surviving in the palace. That would make a palace. lot of sense. So he's, yeah. he's the one that Mama's father got fired for. Right, exactly. She doesn't know that. Right, right. But like those pieces are falling into place, right? Okay. Like, yeah. I everything would, is connected, which is yeah, really interesting. I would buy that. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, my theory, and I think most people's are, is that 
he is the missing child of Aduo, or the one that supposedly died. Great. Okay. And now he's like the crown prince being like, because no one really knows what he looks like. They all hear that he's very reclusive, hides himself away when they talk about the crown prince. Um, So it makes it pretty clear that they don't know that it's him. I see. I thought he was the emperor's brother or something. No. Well. Your theory makes more sense. In a way he is, right? Because remember, Aduo gave birth to the child of the previous emperor. Oh, so he is the... Oh, okay. This is why it's all tied up in conspiracy, right? Why there are like sort of factions against one another. Because they mentioned that Aduo, while she gave birth, or she was the... the she was concert to both. She was um, the one who got pregnant off the previous emperor, but then she basically like grew up with the current emperor. They were very close. Okay. Well, as you can tell, I'm mainly watching this for Mama, not for the plot. <laughs> Although the plot is good too. Yeah, like I enjoy seeing all these like interconnected, you know, characters and backgrounds, and that it's building up in intensity. Like the further we go along, I don't know if yeah. we're gonna get anywhere close to anything at the end. Like maybe. At the end of this anime season, it's just the revelation of who he is and Mamal learns about him. I like this uh, plotting tactician character. I forget his name. That's her biological father. Yes, yes. Lacan, I think is his name. He is the emperor strategist. Yeah, he's good. And like he obviously knows who Mao Mao is. There's that whole arc about her and her mother, who yep. was a one of the women at that old lady's brothel. <laughs> yep, such a good share. He's made a recent reappearance. I didn't think he was going to come back, but then he came back and he's up to no good. (laughs) I love it. Everyone should be up to no good. And I'm assuming he's going to have something to do with her finding out about Shinji's identity or something with that. Yeah. And then he he marries off his daughter. Maybe. Final boss. Shinji has to get his approval for marriage. Yeah, I can see that happening too. <laughs> oh shit, that would be that would be wow. Not for a long time, Drago. We gotta get them like you know, mutual interest first. Yes. Or, or she just money. gets married to him and she just hates him and she has to like fall in love with him like while she's already married to him. Or she just realizes he has a lot of money. I'm still agreeing for that. Okay, okay, that's also a good end. <laughs> I think that would be the most faithful to her character. Man, I'd be so sad for Jinchi though. Come on, that's that's just sad. He wants love. I think he deserves some love and love back, especially considering his, you know, growing up. No, he she, she loves him for because she for loves, his money. She, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want her to love him for his personality. Come on. Or he can give her poison, and he'll love, she'll love him for poison. She ar- he already he's done that, right? He gave exactly. her like that thing that i don't remember what it's called that's why that's why she uh, went back to the palace yeah that's why she puts up with him right yeah because she he gave her poison <laughs> oh wait i had another great idea for an arc oh dragon okay just imagine this she gives him poison and then someone sees it and then he goes on trial and she has to prove that he gave her poison out of love that's weird i mean it could be good I can see that happening, but it's it's pretty weird. Exactly. Okay, sorry. Let's go to free run. <laughs> Which, uh, this is another favorite anime of ours, so it's definitely worth our time. Yes. I love this one. Yeah, this is a 28-episode TV series. Again, we're in the second core of it already. It should be wrapping up fairly soon-ish because no. it actually popped out with like a few episodes right at the start. And I am actually caught up on this one. I made sure to 
watch those extra episodes as we were coming up to talking about it. Um, have you watched everything? I think I have, yeah. Okay. Are you sad that you caught up to everything, or were you hoping to sort of hold back on it so you could binge watch it like you usually do? Oh, I, I binge watched like five episodes at once last week. Okay. But I, I feel like this one will get a sequel. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't think so? I don't know. It just seemed like one of those shows that, okay, well, I feel like it could have stood alone on its own, but I could also see it going on with multiple series like some other shows that it kind of gives me similar like healing fantasy vibes of. Mm-hmm. For example, I'm kind of thinking about Natsume Yujin Show, which they're very, very different shows, but I got similar vibes, I think, about like the interesting stories and interactions of different characters being met. And there's like this overarching feeling of healing <laughs> as you're watching it. Um, and that one went on for like, I don't know, three, four seasons, five seasons. I thought it was like five or six. Yeah. Yeah, quite a lot. And this one... Yeah, I could see maybe a second season. I just assumed it was going to be done at the end because of that, like, early start and, like, odd episode count. Well, it's nowhere near done with covering the manga, even what's out now. So. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I forgot you're reading the manga, too. Yeah. So if they wanted to, there's a lot more they could adopt. Okay. I mean, that's great to hear because, honestly, like, they're only, what, halfway through their supposed 10-year journey to get to the end? <laughs> Are they even halfway there? Maybe, maybe I think maybe. it's been like four or five years because they talk about uh, when they're talking about like Fern and Stark and when she picked them up. Okay. That's about how long. And she had approximated like 10 years to get there. Yeah. Well, I assume they're going to end after this uh, mage exam arc. Yeah. It's going on a lot longer than I would have expected. Yeah. And the manga goes way... F- well, I'd have to check exactly how far along it is, but... It seems like it's in a pretty early part of the manga still, Okay. from what I recall. So since you are a reader of the manga, how have you felt about this adaptation to anime? I love it. It's great. Um, the animation is really good. I love. I even love the uh, the music. The uh, I think it's especially the ED that I, the ending that I like. The music's fantastic, both the opening and endings, which there are new ones now that were in the second core, but. Also, just like the music of the show itself, which features a lot of instrumentals. Yeah. And the animation is great, especially the battle scenes. I don't like battle scenes, as you know, but these ones are good. They are sprinkled very far in between. Exactly. And worth it when it occurs. Yeah. I think my favorite one, we had mentioned this in, I think, our like one of our season reviews or previews, where there was like, that epic fight scene that Fern has with the dude while... Uh, free runs off to subduing an army right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that i found out that that fight scene that fern has is largely anime original mm. i thought was a fantastic addition to the anime because yeah. it really like gives fern depth of character right to show her in action without her mentor mm-hmm. that she is capable on her own and is like far stronger than you would have maybe thought prior to that exactly and the same goes for Stark. Like, we knew he was strong, but seeing him fight against that other demon girl, like, you get a fuller picture of that. Yeah. I'm a bit sad that Stark hasn't been in this latest arc much. Yeah. He is not, not just much. He's, like, totally absent. Once they, like, go through into the forest, right, he's just gone. Yeah. And 
Definitely. I've been thinking about him. I'm like, oh, what is he doing? I, I, I think maybe we're going to get an arc after this to show what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> and I want it to be something like ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting giants in the mountains. I don't know. Maybe. Or he goes on like this super big quest that he has to like spearhead on his own. Yeah. That's also the main thing I've seen on Twitter about this show. People hating the shipping between Fern and Stark. Between Fern and Stark. Really? I thought people seemed to love it because I've seen a lot of fan art of it. Okay. Everyone I follow hates it. Why do they just hate on all the ships? Do they just like hate imagination? Get over yourselves. Yeah. They. This one, they all say, um, uh, this is like a puppy love of high schoolers and they're going to break so up what? and be embarrassed. That's what I think. So what? It's great. So what? I mean, if you have puppy love, you have puppy love. It's something we all go through. Yeah. And yeah, they're young. They're teenagers. They're going to be horny as they're coming of age. Exactly. People suck. They do. Yes. I love Fern and Stark. Whether or not they happen, which I am betting more on not, just because, I don't know, Fern doesn't seem into it as much. She seems to like Stark a little bit, but I don't know. I feel like she likes Stark more than Stark likes her. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Maybe I think Stark is kind of oblivious. Uh, yeah. Just like based on some of their interactions where he has no idea why he offended her or how he offended her, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. But I also think it's just not that kind of show, right? So who, no. who even cares if they actually get together? I mean, my bets are on not when yeah. we have like our main character who goes on a huge ass journey with the Himmel, Himmel, right? The hero. And obviously that love is unrequited until after the fact when she's like, oh, maybe he liked me. You know? oh, and the same people, they all hate that too. They're all like, Himmel's such a loser. What? I know. <laughs> Why? Because he loved someone who didn't love him back? Apparently, he should have moved on and found someone else who loved him no back. No offense, Drago, but these people who are hating everyone, they suck. I know. I don't get it. It's so weird to me. Like, that's just part of being alive. You're going to you're going exactly. to fall for the people. You're going to like people. It's not going to always, most of the time, it won't be reciprocated until you find the one, if you find the one. Exactly. And I think it's heartwarming seeing their interactions and that he loves her so much that he's willing to do whatever for her to be happy. Exactly. Even if it's not with him. Yes, I totally agree. Now, do I hope that he did find some love elsewhere? Sure. You know, that's fine if that had happened. It doesn't have to have happened, but, yeah. you know, I wish that for anyone. Exactly. Again, this isn't that type of show. We're, like, talking all about love and feelings, and it's not really no, it's not. <laughs> the but, tone here. Yeah, but this show is all about the mono no aware, right? How everything yeah. is ephemeral and passing away. I mean, that's the whole theme with her being as old as she is. She's over a thousand years old, right? Exactly. And I think that the fact that we're talking about love and relationships and you know, coming of age, I think that's good because it's, it's acknowledging her coming to terms with, you know, that she should pay attention to life around her because it's passing so quickly. Exactly. Yep. That was her mistake in the first party. And she doesn't want to make the same mistake again. Yeah. And I kind of love that, actually. I think the show does a fantastic job of jumping back and forth between present and past. It does. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, there's all these flashbacks, but they 
they're always like very integrated in what we're seeing in the present, right? It feels seamless how we move from what's occurring in the present and then something reminds her, right, of, of whatever happened in the past. Yeah. And suddenly we're back in the past with her previous party. But because of those smooth transitions and how frequently it happens, it's I feel like we know them just as much as we know the current party, which is great. Exactly. And it I'll compare it to uh, Hulk, which I watched last season. I know you didn't watch it. That one, mm-hmm. it was also a lot about flashbacks. But there they had like an eight-episode long flashback, and it did not work at all. But this way, they integrate it much better with the, the present. Right. Instead of just going to the past and staying there, right? Right. That they sprinkle it out throughout the other episodes in ways that are meaningful for whatever's happening in that current scene. Yeah. And it feels like more, this is how Freeran might recall her memory, or she'd, she'd think of this at this time. I mean, it's more natural, right? Her. Isn't that yeah. what you do? Like something reminds you of something and you, you briefly think about it. Exactly. Yep. Oh. She doesn't live in the past, but it made her who she is, right? Exactly. Yeah. I do want to sort of ask you what you think about Freeran and her abilities, because as far as we've seen... She's pretty much unbeatable, (laughs) unless it's like a mimic chest, you know, (laughs) and it starts to eat her. But she sort of references, while they're in this arc where they are right now, that she's been beaten before. There are like a handful of people who have beaten her. Mm -hmm. And one of them is, she mentions, is another elf. But like, do you think that she's kind of like too powerful and that we fall into like a hole of like having a main character that is unbeatable? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think okay. uh, even in this current arc, like these other mages, she's not totally unbeatable, right? She mm-hmm. she has to keep watching out, and she has to be smart about how she fights, right? Right. And you'll you'll enjoy seeing her fight some more demons in uh, the next arc, uh, where she's definitely not unbeatable. Okay, and you're speaking this because of your manga knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm interested particularly in this other elf who I think is the one that rewards people who first become sort of that top class of mage. I'm assuming that's the same one that she had lost to in the past and one that she will probably encounter and have to fight in the future. Does that sound right? Uh, I don't remember all the details. Okay. I know she, she doesn't get along with that elf. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to know why. Like what's, is it just like a totally different worldview? I think that's mostly it, right? But the other one's way older than her, isn't it? She? I believe so. I think they imply that she's been around for, like, ever, for as long as memory. Yeah. So that makes her older than Freerun. And I think the only other older elf we've met is Kraft. Remember that other dude? Yeah, the one they met very briefly. And then they saw a statue of him randomly on their journey, right? Yeah. <laughs> And I think that's cool that to me he's a little he's more like Free Ren or she's like him in a yeah. way. To where they don't really need the statues, right? Great. They're sort of on their own journeys and sort of get focused, hyper focused in on whatever they're doing at that moment. And so it's kind of seen her possible future, how like no one knows who he is, right? Like mm. they didn't know who he was when they met him. Yep. And then when they find the statue, nobody knows the name of the statue, right? And they're like, oh, that's Kraft. <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, saved the world way before the heroes party did, but no one knows that. Yep. Which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, this current arc, 
Can we talk about that? Yeah. Do you like it? I'll be honest, it's not my favorite arc, just because I don't really like the battle things, as you know. Yeah, exactly. I had that feeling as I was watching. I was like, hmm, is this, is this going to be something he's going to complain about? Before, a battle arc is very good. Okay. Mainly because they're not really fighting all the time. They're plotting against each other. Mm-hmm. And it's going to continue going in ways you don't expect. And I really like the evil murder girl. And I like the dwarf guy. The dwarf guy. The, the old dude? The old dude with, like, like, the monocle thing. Yeah. Yeah. The one that the uh, testers seem to favor. Do they? Yeah. I, I, I mean, when they're talking about it, they seem to, like, think that he'll probably be the one to win at the end. Right, because he is like an imperial mage. Right. And they're like, why are you even taking this test? Like, you don't need it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but neither does Free Run, honestly, right. except that she wants to go north. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like if she, I don't know, th- this thing about only the uh, class A or whatever mages can go north seems a bit ridiculous. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> okay, can you answer me this then? How did they go north last time? Did they not have this rule at that time? I mean, like, who's even going to enforce this rule? Like, can you imagine, like, some gatekeeper up north stopping Freegun from doing what I'm just she curious. Wants? Like, how did they get around this last time? If she's going through the effort now, then why didn't they go through the effort then? I don't really remember. Do you? There, there was, like, a war back then, right? So I, oh. I assume whatever border they had was overrun by... Uh, or something i guess maybe okay okay anyways i was asking you how you felt about the uh current tournament-esque arc one because i knew how you usually feel about these and other shonen typically it it has a key difference from the tournament though which is that there is one fight with everyone in it they're not gonna like have one-on-one fights for we kind of see that though don't we between different members uh we do but it's it's less controlled right and it's mm. not going to keep going on forever. Okay. I brought it up because I saw criticism, also from Twitter, from uh, someone about Twitter how they're people. like, well, this is why you leave these kinds of things, these kinds of scenes, to the anime that do them best. Like, you know, those shonen anime, those battle anime. This is why this doesn't work in free run. And I was like, surprised, because I thought it worked fairly well myself. And then I thought maybe Drago would have an idea of why they would feel that way. Oh, I strongly disagree with that. I think it works much better than in the battle shown in anime. Because it's not really about, like, fighting. It's about outsmarting each other and winning this contest. Mm -hmm. And it's not even that only one person can win, right? Aren't there multiple of these things they have to catch? Yeah, I I wonder, though, part of me does wonder, are there less birds than teams? (laughs) I'm sure, probably. Because that seems like a twisted thing that they would do, right? Because they seem to, like, really heavily gatekeep this role, right? Yeah, it's very weird. And, like, the way that they set it up, like, they want the teams to face off against one another. Yeah, and they want lots of people to get murdered. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and they're so callous about it, right? They're like, oh. Because remember the woman asked, you know, these are promising mages and we're just basically slaughtering them. And he's like, well... That is the price that it must be paid, right? Yeah, someone should slaughter that guy, seriously. Yeah, I was like, geez. You know, how dare they reach for this this thing that's above them, right? Yeah. Anyways, so I'm actually, I'm looking forward to this being over. I do want to, every time we've been through two episodes now, I think, of this uh, test, 
And I think there are going to be multiple tests, aren't they? This is only one of, I'm assuming, like two or three tests? Uh, I think that's right. But uh, from what I recall, this is the longest one by, by okay. a lot. I'm assuming the others will be very different, which I, I look forward to. Because I am, I'm admitting now, I am getting a little weary of how much time we've spent on this one test. I'm ready to, for it to be over. But I've also been through the past few episodes, like, cheering, fight, fight, fight. Because I want to see, like, <laughs> Freerun totally blast them out of the water. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that'll happen. I mean, it's implying that she's about to face off this old dude, right? Yeah, but they just talked to each other, and they both said they'd think it's stupid to kill anybody. Over there, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I guess. But, you know, I, I hope that her teammates survive. I don't want her to lose because they die or something. That would just suck. I, I think all of that is definitely what makes it interesting. I'm down with the testing. I just want it to be done soon. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it might last most of the rest of the show's run, but we'll see. Well, if the other two tests, one or two tests, are different, like significantly different and interesting, I'll be fine with that. Yeah, I don't think they're anything like this one. Okay. That's good to hear. Like, I kind of forget what the middle test even was. Well, we're going to find out soon, hopefully. Yeah. I remember the last test is very short and very uh, amusing. And then we will be on to go see what was up with Stark. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> Tune in again to Kaiseki Anime Podcast two weeks from now. Please feel free to send us questions or comments on Twitter with hashtag Kaiseki Anime Podcast or on our individual accounts at Draggle underscore Kuhn and at Marina BNB. Listen to any of us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so we can continue to grow and improve. Thanks for listening. See you next time.